chapter continue with the message, the spirit versus the flesh ruled life. So before I go into the message, would you all stand up with me? Oh, yes. Don't ever forget it. Amen. And uh, let's, let's make our declaration before God what we truly believe. And this is coming from God. When you say it, God hears and he does it for you at the time you're doing it. So let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. God has opened your ears and you won't turn away from his word because he loves you. I'm going to let you know this. Until God opens your ears, you never hear from him. Many people haven't heard God speak to them. And you say, God spoke to you? Really? Yes, God does speak. It's a person and he can minister to us and heal us and take care of our needs. But until he speaks to you, your heart will be rebellious. And if you find your heart rebellious, ask God for mercy. Believe me, ask God for mercy. And he will have mercy so that you can hear his word and fully understand it and follow through. The spirit rules life. Father, I want to thank you. Speak to our hearts today and encourage us from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to be speaking some things. Most of it, believe I have in my book. Some things I don't have in the book because revelation continues. It doesn't stop. But I'm going to, if you want, pick the book back up there when you're living and read. uh, And God will reveal more to you, probably more than what you have in the book. But the book will guide you. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 uh, through 16, tells us this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. God has all sons, male and female. All sons. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, These are the sons of God. Not as many as go to church. Not as many as pray. Not as many as read their Bibles. Not as many as fast. Not as many as shake the the preacher's hand. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Until you are being led by the Spirit of God, according to this scripture, you are really not operating as a son. You are not a son. As many as are led, so the leading of the Spirit of God in your life is what makes you a son and a daughter of God. Not going to church. Going to church is good. That's part of the process. He'll take you to your place of sonship with God, but you have to be led. A lot of mistakes have been made by many because they refuse to be led by the Spirit of God. Notice it's the Spirit of God that's leading you. As many as are led, not by God, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. 
Then he says in verse four, uh, 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. The spirit of bondage you received when you were born. Every man born a sinner. But this time when you are born again, you are not receiving the spirit of bondage again to fear. If you are not a believer, you sure have the spirit of bondage. And there is all kinds of fears going on. But he says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again, not as before. The spirit that you are receiving right now is a, is a different kind of spirit. And it leads you in the ways of God. And so you are a son or daughter of God. So it's not the spirit of bondage, but you have received the spirit of adoption. In other words, God has brought you into his family. You have become a family member with God. Please don't forget this. You are a family member with God. Every family member is important in the house of God. In a family, the father wants to meet the needs of not just one kid. Even if he has a favorite kid, he still wants to meet the needs of every kid in the house. And if a kid is suffering, he forgets his favorite kid if he has one. He focuses on that one. So God's family, you become a member of God's family when you are being led by the Spirit of God. Because you have received the spirit of adoption. In other words, when you are adopted, you sign papers, right? But when God brings you into his family, the signing of the paper is him giving you his Holy Spirit in you. To lead you as a son in the house of God. And that spirit in you always cries out to God. Just as you call out to your father, that spirit will always recognize God as father. Crying to God, Abba, Father. Not only that, that the Spirit moves you to call on God as your Heavenly Father. Is dear to, God is dear to you. But then the Spirit Himself will bear witness with your own spirit that you are indeed a child of God. The Spirit of God will bear witness. Notice it's capital S. Spirit, the Spirit Himself, the Spirit Himself will bear witness with your spirit that yes, indeed, you are a child of God. If somebody asks me and says, I, uh, Pastor, uh, am I going to heaven? My answer will be no. Because if you are going to heaven, you should be the one to know first. Uh, hello? Don't answer the phone now. According <laughs> to my wife, says. You will be the one to know. And if you don't know, if you are not sure, and you are not certain whether if you die today you go to heaven, most likely you won't. Because the Spirit will bear witness when you are adopted, the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Nobody can convince me that I'm not. You can talk from morning till night. I'll be looking at you like, you are such a fool. I mean, keep talking. I know I'm a child of God. Amen. 
And that's not because I'm a pastor. I knew this way back when I received Jesus into my life. And he puts his spirit inside of you. And if you don't know that, you can know that today. Settle that today. Because you become a family member and God deals with you as a son. A beloved son. You look like the first son, Jesus Christ. No difference. And so what, Jesus, what God would do for his son, Jesus Christ, that's what he'll do for you. Because he's made us joint heirs together with him in this kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. But you cannot be led by the Spirit if you are not full of the Spirit. The Spirit of God has to be in you for, he, for Him to be able to lead you. The leading is from the inside out. You remember after Jesus was, and you have to really understand this thing, you know, it's so important. Jesus was the Son of God. Already Son of God. Never did any miracle for 30 years. Until after his baptism. You remember that? And after his baptism, the Holy Spirit came from heaven. You remember? Like a dove. And rested on him. And after the Holy Spirit rested on him, guess what happened? A voice came. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So we got the baptism of the water by John and then the Holy Spirit coming immediately and then the voice of God coming out. God making everybody know, that's my son. No difference for us. It's the same process. The same process. The same process. So for you to be led by the Spirit, you have to have the Spirit in your life. And notice after the Spirit came upon Jesus, what happened next? He led him into the... The wilderness. To be tempted. He led him into the wilderness. To be tempted. So. To be led by the spirit. To be spirit ruled. You have to have the spirit in you. But there is a process to get to that place. Where the spirit is in you. The first thing is. You must be born again. You must be born again. In John 3. Verse 6, Jesus said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. If you are born of the flesh, your mother gave birth to you. Everybody had that. If you are alive, you were born of the flesh. You came out flesh. But then there is a spirit birth that comes from God. Before you can be a child of God. And until you have that spirit birth, the spirit of God cannot dwell in you. It's impossible for a spirit to just dwell in flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You got that part. Now, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. When the spirit of God comes to inhabit your life, he's not going to dwell in your flesh. He dwells in your spirit. Which is the real you. And until that, your, your spirit is renewed, the spirit of God cannot be comfortable there. And the scripture is very clear about that. You have to be born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. 
In John chapter 6, uh, 14, and I'm very deliberate about this because I want to show you what God's doing. Sometimes people, they hear the word of God, and we already alluded to that, they rebel. Oh, well, that's not for me. Well, I was taught different way. But who is going to be the judge in the last day? You going to tell God what you believe, and then he's going to accept what you believe? I don't think it works that way. You have to go by what God says. His word is not going to change. Jesus said, my word, the words that I speak, they will judge you in the last day. So I have to comply and align, my, align myself with the word of God so that God can touch my life. Every time you reject God's word, guess who you reject? You just rejected. Jesus Christ. Because Jesus and his word are the same. You can come up with all your arguments against God's word. What you're doing is coming against God himself. So generally, I just back off. You can show me from the scripture. I don't have any argument. If I'm not lying, in line with that word, I start asking, God, can you help me? I need to get in line. It's not just living here alone, but going to heaven to be with Jesus. What Angela alluded, this, uh, to, uh, you know, alluded to this morning. I want to be in heaven. And the Bible is very clear. Please don't get yourself deceived. We are in the last days and many prophets are out there. They are deceiving people. The only way I will not be deceived is if I stay with this book. I've got to believe what the book says. And once I got the book down, I act on it. And God, I've never found God to fail every time I stepped out on his word. I never have, he's never failed me. He will always keep his word. He watches over his word to confirm it. But he cannot watch over your opinion to confirm your opinion. God doesn't work that way. He is God. And the best thing for a man is to humble himself before God. And the way to humble yourself before God is to humble yourself before his word. Because he has exalted his word above all, above all of his names. So when you start saying, I don't want that, I don't, I'm not going to receive that. Well, God says, your words are really stout against me. They are real, real tough words to hear coming from a human on the earth. We have to humble ourselves before God's word. Jesus made it very clear in John 14. He says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. I'm going to pray the Father. When I get up there, I'm going to pray to the Father because you need another helper. I was your helper I'm going to ask God to give you another helper. How can you say you don't need the helper that Jesus says you need? He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you, he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. This helper will abide with you forever. You know what he's called? The helper. You need help with your marriage. You need the helper. You need help with the, your finances. You need the helper. You need help with your children. You need the helper. You need jo- help with a new job, a better job. You need the helper. Jesus didn't say a helper. He said, I will send the helper that will help you in every area of life. You want your spiritual life to be more beautiful? Yes, you need the helper. I'm going to pray the Father. After I have died 
for the saints to open the door. I'm going to ask the Father. I'm going to stay with you, Father. But send the helper to them. It says, for this helper to be with you forever. He calls the helper the spirit of truth. That means if you reject truth, you cannot have the helper. You have to accept truth to, have, to receive the helper. The, the helper will, is the spirit of truth and it's not going to go into a lie. It's the spirit of truth and then it says, Whom the world cannot, cannot, cannot receive. He's not saying God's not going to give. That's not the issue here. The issue is receiving. If you are of the world, you cannot receive him. It's impossible to receive him. But if you are of God, you can receive him. You can receive him anytime you want. When you're ready. He's knocking. He's ready to come in. He has been sent. The helper is here with us. He's not going to be here. He's already here with us. All you have to do is open your heart and cry out, He comes. You see, God will never reject anyone that's calling for the helper. Because Jesus died to make the help available for us. To help us. If you need help in your life. The world cannot receive it. That's why you must be born again. That's why you must be born of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of truth. It says, the world neither sees him nor knows him. You see, when I hear people talk about Jesus, we don't believe he's the son of God. Well, that's true, because you don't know him. If you know him, nobody will have to persuade you that he's the son of God. When I was growing up, I didn't know Jesus. We worshipped idols. I've been places where you got carved wood. That we are to worship. They, 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 they called it a God. A bent nose and all of that. With all of that. They made us worship. But when I heard about Jesus Christ. And I saw Jesus at work in the lives of people. I immediately recognized this is God. This is, all, this is the one I've been looking for all of my life. We had every kind of religion in my country. We have paganism. I mean, believe me, I've actually seen people that they did voodoo on and they used a real sharp machete. They caught on them and the machete would bounce off. I was a boy then. I was thinking, why? What's in this world? How come they didn't cut this guy in half? And the guy who was doing the voodoo work on this other fellow that he, he, you know, he caught with the machete and he bounced off, he turned to me and you know, I was little, came from a city. And he says, do you want me to do one for you? I said, absolutely not. If that thing don't work, you cut me in half. <laughs> I couldn't take a chance to that. But that's still all of those things. But when, I, when Jesus was revealed to me, I knew I found God. Amen? Amen? This was God. I had to receive Him. Pull everything aside. I've got to go with Jesus. Nobody's going to stop me. It's been over 30 years. Just beginning my, new, my life. Just born again. The world cannot receive the Spirit of God. But if you are a child of God, you will receive Him. He says, because they don't know Him. He doesn't, they can't see Him. They don't know Him. He says, but you know Him. 
He dwells with you and will be in you. He will be in you. The Spirit of God in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you, that's what brings the leading. You need the Holy Spirit to lead you. But the first thing to do is make sure you get born again. And once you are born again, after that, the Spirit is ready to come in. He, this is the most powerful, if you want to call it, force in the whole universe. After the Holy Spirit came in my life, I used to be scared of witches. I don't fear, I don't fear them at all. They have to fear when I show up. Because greater is he that is in me than he who is... I know I have the Holy Spirit. I don't have any reason to be afraid of anything. He is with me. When I have troubles, I transfer the problems to the Father through him. And through him, he brings back the refreshing from heaven into my life so that I'm free again. Because the Son said... He who the Son makes free is free indeed. I got nothing to worry. You got nothing to worry if Jesus is at peace in your life. And the Holy Spirit is there. You have nothing to worry. Question, the second aspect for to be led by the Spirit, to be Spirit ruled. Have you been baptized by Jesus? Have you been baptized by Jesus? They say, well, my pastor baptized me. Yes, I know. But has Jesus himself baptized you? That's the question. You can be a Christian because you've accepted Christ and your pastor has baptized you. But has Jesus personally been involved in a baptism that relates to your life? If that hasn't happened, then you need to seek it. Because the scripture is very clear about this. And we're not going to cut corners with God. He means what he's saying. And you won't enjoy the fullness of God until you submit to his will. We have to. The Bible says don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. Go by what the word says and you will be blessed. When you go by what the word says, then you are willing and then you are obedient. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. And there is good in the land. It has nothing to do with the U.S. economy. It's good in the land. But this, these were the words of John the Baptist. John the Baptist speaking, he says, I indeed, Matthew 3 verse, uh, 3 verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Your pastor will baptize you with water into Christ. But then he says, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. And he was talking about Jesus. He's coming after me. He says, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. This man that's coming after me, he's so great. I baptize you with water. He that's coming after me, after me, 
whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He says he will baptize you. Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Question is, has he done that in your life? Is that scripture true? Did God mean what he said here? And if he meant what he said through John the Baptist, how come you have not submitted to it? That's the question. God's not going to change his word because of you or how you feel. This is the scripture. Your pastor, a man, baptizes you with water. Jesus commanded that. But Jesus himself, he's the one that baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Yes, you have been baptized in water, but have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit as Jesus baptized you? Did you know that Jesus never baptized anybody in water? Read. Jesus never did that. He made his disciples baptize. He sat down and washed. Because that was not what he was called. He wasn't called to do that. And, John, uh, and Paul also decided, except for a few people, if you read, Paul said, I, I, God didn't call me to baptize. Is baptism, water baptism important? Yes. But he was more interested in the baptism of Jesus Christ, the baptism that Jesus gave. Paul focused on that. So we need to focus on what's really important and follow through with God. So John the Baptist said that, and then after Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus picked it up. Jesus picked the same discussion up and was telling his disciples right before he left to go to heaven. He had to instruct them properly and to make sure that they fully understood the mission. After Jesus rose from the dead, they were still not yet baptized with the Spirit. And so Jesus met with them right before he was taken up and he started talking to them. In Acts chapter 1, beginning from verse 4, Jesus, and being assembled together with them, that's with the apostles, the disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. He called his baptism the promise of the Father. So God had promised him before he came to the earth, if you die for their sins, and if you die for their healing, then I will allow the Holy Spirit to be given to them. And so Jesus said, when I get up there, I will pray the Father, hey, Father, you remember the promise you gave to me about letting them have the helper? The time has come. The time has come. I finished the work. Remember what he said on the cross? It is finished. The time has come. He said, I will pray the Father. Listen, you made a promise. I'm, I'm, I'm through with the assignment you gave me. I died for their sins. The door is open for them. Now you can pour out the Spirit. And so Jesus was telling them, you, you guys, I need to prepare you. Because when I get up there, I'm going to talk to the Father. And I know He's going to answer me. So you guys get ready. He's coming. He's called the promise of the Father. It was the major promise God made to His Son before He came to the world. I will let them have the Holy Spirit living in them. That's an amazing thing. In the Old Testament, there were only three kinds of individuals that could have the Holy Spirit just come rest on them for 
a job and then he goes back to heaven. The Holy Spirit was not permitted, permitted to live with them and to live in them. That's why Jesus said the least in the kingdom of God in the New Testament is greater than John the Baptist and the rest of them. That's why. They never had the privilege. And here we are, we have the privilege, and nobody seeks it. Why? Because the deceiver is in the world. He doesn't want us to have everything that God gave to us. He's going, did God say? Did God say not to? Did God say? And then people say, well, yeah, but God says, and then he gives, he puts a buck there, and they take it. And they're never blessed. Jesus was clear. For the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And then he quoted John. For John truly baptized with water. He went back to Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. John truly baptized with water. You heard John speak about this Holy Spirit. Let me remind you what John said. I am the Spirit baptizer. I will baptize you with the Spirit. He took them back. And John had been dead for years. But he took the disciples back to John because some of them were disciples of John. They heard John say those words. They heard John say those words. He says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He was reminding them. We need the Holy Spirit. We really do. It's not a spiritual thing. And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, so I must be holier than that. <laughs> you missed it. We need Him. I need the Holy Spirit. You can't be a Christian, true Christian, without the Holy Spirit. And God doesn't give the Holy Spirit to somebody who is already holy. He gives the Holy Spirit to those who are not holy to Make them holy. Do you want to be holy? Receive the Holy Spirit. So he makes you holy. Jesus paved the way for that. And the disciples, they understood his message. They didn't play with this. They understood his message. I'm going to read this scripture. I'm going to continue with this message next week. I got so excited. And uh, my time has gone away from me. <laughs> and my wife, the real clock, <laughs> she's already giving me signals. You got to cut this up. <laughs> I love her. But uh, yeah. she's already let me know you're going to follow this. But truth, truth is so important. It's not about preaching a message. It's about letting you know the power of the Holy Spirit that can transform your life, transform your family, transform everything. It's the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit of God that can do this. I'm going to read this scripture. And, and like the, the preachers always say, finally. And then another finally after they've been gone for, going for a while. In, in uh, Acts chapter 8, please get the picture of what's going on here. Beginning from verse 14, Philip, uh, 
had been in Samaria preaching the gospel, and the people received the gospel, and they were baptized by Philip. And the, this was, the, time was, the church was very new at that point. And um, they sent to Jerusalem, the, and letting them know, hey, Samaria, the people have received Christ as well. So if you start reading from verse 14, it says, And when the apostle, apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, in other words, they had received Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's what it means, received the word of God, the word of God is Jesus, they had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them. So these were Christians. Get the picture. These guys were in Jerusalem, maybe a day's journey, two days' journey, walking to see these new Christians. And when they got there, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. The next verse is very important. It says, For as yet... He, the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized into Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, you see two things here. First, they received the word of God. They were baptized. And then they sent the disciples to them. Peter and John were the chief apostles. They left Jerusalem and left their flock because this was important business. It's very serious business. And so when they got there, they didn't baptize them in water. Philip had already done that. They laid their hands on them. This was a deliberate act. They laid their hands on them so that the Holy Spirit would come upon them. And then he tells us, even though they had received the word of God, even though they had been baptized in water, the Holy Spirit had not come upon them until that very hour when they laid their hands on them. Why do we think our experience with God should be different from them, from those in the Bible days? Are we more special than they are? These were people that some of them actually saw Jesus with their own eyes. God is a respecter of no one. You have to submit to the scriptures. And it's better for you. It's better for me. It makes my job easier. Because then the Spirit will begin to lead you. And you will begin to do amazing things for God. That's what this is all about. That's why we're teaching this. Not to prove anything, but so that maybe, peradventure, I can persuade you from the Scriptures. So that as Jesus stood and knocked, you can hear His voice and open so you can receive. Notice the word that is spoken. He's never asked, did God give? He says... They have not received. They have not received. They have not received. You can receive. If I give my Bible to you, hey, Brother Dave, can you have this Bible? And then you fall on your knees and say, Brother, good luck, please, can I have your Bible, please? I said, Dave, I got to take, take. What's the matter with you, Dave? Take. God's giving it to us as a gift. Why don't you receive the gift? And if there's something happening to you, maybe your hand is really bad and you can't stretch out, well, somebody can help you. Receive the gift and you can go with it. Why don't you receive the gift of God? This is the most important gift that God gave. 
Jesus died for us. But this was to make available the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said he will be with you. He will teach you. He will reveal everything that I've spoken to you. He will be with you. He will comfort you. He will help you. He will help you with your children. He will teach your children. Isaiah 54. Your children will all be taught of God. This is a wonderful thing. We cannot reject it. Amen. We cannot reject. All heads bowed this morning. First thing that we need to do is recognize that we need God. You can't be too young, you can't be too old. The thing is, are you going to be sincere with God? Would you open up to God and say, God, you know, I don't fully understand all of these things, but I know I need you. I need you in my life. I want to give my life totally to you. Maybe you gave your life to Christ before, but something has happened Somebody disappointed you or something else happened in your life and you are not really living for God but you really want to come back home just like the prodigal son. I want to go back to God. I need God in my life. If that's you this morning, would you put your hand up please? Put your hand up quickly. Thank you sir. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Yes, God God saw your hand sir. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you know this. Because you raised your hand up this morning without fear in the presence of everybody. God saw your hands. Everything that concerns his son and the death of his son matters to him. And before you to lift your hand up and say, yes, I want what God has done. That means you say, God, I'm grateful for what Jesus did on the cross for me. He saw your hand this morning. And I'm going to tell you today, if you are not born again, that scripture is going to be fulfilled in your life right now. Amen. It's going to be fulfilled in your life right now. You will be born again. Would you all pray with me? And if you didn't lift your hand up, but something in your heart says, I should have lifted my hand up. You know, sometimes it's as a result of pride. But the Bible says, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. I like to humble myself. I don't know everything. But I'm going to humble myself before Him. But I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand up. But there is a card where I want you, when the service is over, check this card where it says, My decision today, that's good enough. God needs something, a statement from you, that you said yes to His Son. Check that place and put it in the offering basket or bucket as it goes by. It's very important, not for the church alone, but for heaven to know, yes, I signed with the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you lifted your hand up or you didn't, but you want to be a part of this prayer, would you all pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sake. God, Father of our Lord Jesus, I ask, based on the works of Jesus, that I be forgiven of my sins today, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I receive you as my God. Write my name in your book of life. I pray that my name be included today. 
in that book. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming into the world for my sake. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Now what I need you to do, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm a child of God. Can you do that? Okay. You don't have hands. I won't take care. <laughs> I am a child of God. Declare it boldly. Declare it boldly. And record this. Put it in the offering basket, uh, bucket. And I will see that. We'll send you something in the mail. Uh, some material to help you with your work. Amen. And I want to thank every one of you that raised your hand today. Please come back. We want to teach you so that you can get to know your God better and your life can be transformed. Amen. It's offering time. Hallelujah.